have to fear is fear itself. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. After this, there's no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And welcome to another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Big Country. Uh, as always, uh, unfortunately tonight, no Chris, no Boya. Uh, Chris has Friday Night Lights with the boys playing some football, and Boya has some uh, pre-scheduled uh, pumpkin carving for the holiday season, so uh, just riding solo tonight, but I am being joined by a special guest, and I'll bring him in here in just one second. Let's get through the business real quick. As you know, the show's on Spotify. If you're watching right now on Spotify through uh, Anchor, uh, you can check us out on uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Podcasts. We do have a Facebook group. As we talked about on the last episode, I've been locked out of there for COVID violations for two years. So if you're trying to post stuff and no one's replying to you, it's not because we don't value your opinion. It's because Facebook hates us. Uh, check out our Rockfin channel, our Twitch channel, which we go live once a month for the Tank at the Tavern. Um, mark it in your calendars. November 14th is the next show for part two of Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington's potential murders with a special guest helping us dive through all that with tank. Um, be sure to support the affiliates. Uh, as always, we make sure that we vet all the companies that we use for you guys. So there's no McDonald's sponsorship on our show. Um, we do have a discord that we like to communicate with you guys. But the biggest thing is to go ahead and sign up for the Hooligan Tavern. It's $4.99 a month. Gives you an extra special episode every week, uh, as well as exclusive merchandise that only you, as a subscriber, has access to. And as soon as we get those subscribers up, we're going to be starting to doing those some uh, video game tournaments, having some fun with you guys, where you guys can win prizes and hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. Um, no extra charge. Just having some fun with our, with our listeners and, and uh, enjoying some out of conspiracy fun. So um, last but not least, liking and sharing the show definitely helps out. Uh, you guys got us a Chartable's top 200 podcast, which is big stuff. So thank you for that. But enough with all that. Let's get tonight's guest in in honor of, uh, you know, the the probably worst holiday there is to celebrate. Um, Mr. Nathaniel Gillis, brother, how are you? Doing good, big country. Glad to be back with you again. And uh, I'm excited to get to this research. Yeah, man. Uh, so this is your third time jumping on the show, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The second time, uh, there, someone was knocking on my door. There's a thunderstorm happening in the background. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Crazy wow. stuff happening. Um, and it's been a while since we talked. You, you grace us with your presence for the third time. And uh, we appreciate you kind of jamming the show in right before um, All Hallows' Eve. Um, which this episode will be airing on Halloween. And um, we're going to get into some of your research, some of your, your new research and what you've been up to with the book and how all that's coming. Um, Cause there's some dark shit that you've been sharing. And I don't, you know, that's why I drink, but um, uh, yeah, that's why a lot of people drink after I get done with them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're done. I need a shot. It's like, I yeah. I need it. A, I get it. Multiple shots. Um, let me ask you this, though. This is kind of a fun question, just because well, let's start off with a fun question for Halloween. Uh, do you have like a favorite horror movie that during this time of the yes. year you, you, you go to? Yeah, I love The Sixth Sense. 
it's, it's one of the only M. Night Shyamalan movies I like other than Signs. Signs. Okay, that's on my list. Incredible, incredible. Signs. Um, but Sixth Sense just has a, a just a unique, I don't want to call it campy feel to it. But, you know, I'm, I, I was born in 88, and so I'm kind of a 90s kid. I am. Yeah. I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of has that euphoric, I don't know what to call it, ethereal feel to it, nostalgic even. Yes. Where it just, you know, and it, I love it. So that's my go-to. Hell yeah. So if I had, uh, it's like a two-way tie. For, no, okay. I take that back. It's a three-way tie. And, and there's no rhyme or reason, but there's something about the two of the movies are very alike. So as I mentioned, right, Signs, M. Night Shyamalan, fantastic. Um, and uh, the, the, the oh, shit, I can't remember the name of it. The Fourth Kind? The Fourth Kind. Oh, that's good too. Very good. Very good. And I don't know why that movie always reminds me a lot of some of the ooh, taboo information that you've been putting out there, right? Because it was it's, presented yep. in the movie, I feel like, as aliens. But when you bring in like the Sumerian uh, kind of mm -hmm. references they had and, and the possession sense of it, I was like, oh, dude, this is did Nathaniel Gillis write this? What's going on here? This is uh, hey, wild. Hey. I'm looking to get into that uh, that field after after everything I'm doing now, but yeah, I mean, I think that is the closest rendition of what we're dealing with. It's not lovers and light, mm -hmm. and many in the field want to put lipstick on the pig, make it all <laughs> cool, and it's not true. I mean, people are suffering, people are dying, people are losing their jobs, yeah. losing their minds from this phenomenon, uh, and uh, but yeah, the fourth kind is, I think, it's the greatest, eh, greatest take on what we're really dealing with, one hundred percent. Absolutely. And then last but not least, um, this one kind of goes back to my child. I don't want to say like it goes back to my childhood because when you say that, you sound like a fucking weirdo, right? Yeah. But it's kind of it's a corny horror movie, but I thought it was really well done. Uh, Candyman. That's like Candyman. of that genre of horror. That was one of my favorites. Because mm -hmm. um, yep. uh, it. It, like if you look at some of the other horror movies, like I even have my 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 Jason shirt on right now, like Friday the Thirteenth, right? Um, and I love all those movies too, but you know they kind of get a little corny, a little Michael Myers who never dies and stuff like that, you know. But Candyman was like a total new twist on a horror genre, I thought, and that's why I enjoyed mm -hmm. that movie. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, up up until like three years ago, my wife had never seen it, and I was like, "What? You said you grew up in the hood." I mean, and I know divorced. that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. No. Okay, yeah. No, that'd be awful. If you grow up in the ghetto, you know what Candyman is. Um, yeah. But yeah, so let's let's talk about that a little bit with um, the research you've been doing. I do have uh, another question I want to throw at you, and maybe you don't have the answer to this, but through your research, how many cases would you say are actively happening right now? But in terms of what? Uh, you know what category possession uh, possession um when 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 you spoke on the show last time you're talking about actually the taking of the soul mm -hmm. that's and still occurring right now 100 um david pilates work he just recently did a coast-to-coast -coast interview and pilates was talking about oh god a group of physicists that approached him hello this, this sounds like uh, I, I would consider these people to be a part of the college elite physicists from the Pentagon. And they told him that according to their research, they believe that a lot of these missing, missing 411 victims who are just disappearing and being returned dead, 
they believe that according to their research that their souls have been harvested and taken. That's coming from Pilates. Unbelievable. So what? Yes. Now, if we, okay, so so when I heard that, I thought, wait a minute. So you know, I'm a big fan of the Collins Elite. You know, some of their research is shoddy, some of it's solid. I'm sure you know people say that about my own work, but you know, it's it's decent. So uh, you know, again, the Collins Elite were a group of physicists at the Pentagon that were researching soul harvesting that was occurring by the phenomenon where these these beings will go to visit a person and they'll just pull the apparition out of the body, and this has been witnessed by many people throughout history uh and so it's not just soul abduction but we're dealing with soul harvesting and and what's so fascinating is while these researchers will not credit me right i've been telling people that there have been individuals who had their soul harvested we thought they were dead so we buried them but their consciousness and soul is with the others and that's essentially what these people were telling him that we think these people are dead, they're not. It's just a it's a different variant of abduction. Um, but to answer your question, uh, we really don't know. I, I can tell you for sure that it's a lot more than we're aware of uh, by, a, by a long country mile, um, especially even possession. We really don't understand the nature of possession fully. So, Malachi Martin talked about perfect possession, where you would have people who were possessed for their entire lives up until that entity wanted to act upon its own autonomy, and then it murders somebody, or it goes and, you know, does a school shooting or, or something, and next thing you know, that person has a, has a different personality, different language preference, and that entity, you know, manifests. So we really don't know. Um, and even getting into the abduction phenomenon. These beings have the ability to erase memory to where the only thing the individual has from that experience is trauma. So we, we still, again, the people that we know are abducted are only the people who come to remember their experience. So how many are out there that have it has occurred or it's occurred to them, but they, they, they don't have the memory. Does that make sense? Yeah. So right. We really so, don't know. Now, what was the response because you said it was physicists from the, the Pentagon? Okay, that was the Collins elite. But according to Pilates, a group of physicists came to him, which, again, it sounds like the same group. You know, some may have died, but I think there's a group right now that are carrying on their, their work, the Collins elite work. Anyways, so uh, Pilates said that there's a group of physicists that approached him about his research and said, have you been noticing that there have been people that were abducted alive or taken alive, went missing alive, and then when they're returning to a different location, they're dead. And like they, they have no, like they do autopsies and they realize there's no cause of death here. And so according to him, the physicist told him, we, according to our research, it appears that their souls were taken from them. So I deduce that it sounds like the same group because that's the same conclusions the Collins elite did or came to, right? And uh, they were also a group of physicists. So I think there's a connection. I still have to research that more. Um, but again, this phenomenon is troubling, you know, and people want to shut down true and authentic voices because it doesn't fit the narrative they're wanting to weave. So now, and I don't know if we, uh, I don't know if we've uh, asked you this or touched on this before, because 
as we mentioned before we started recording that the, uh, I'm I'm in the, the the flat earth camp, right? That's my thing. So I don't believe in aliens in the traditional sense of like big big head eyes mm -hmm. from another planet or galaxy or whatever. But mm -hmm. I when I hear the the word alien, I imagine a demon, which mm -hmm. who knows what that looks like, right? I have a right. depiction in my head based on things that we think that they look like or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um but 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 what is your what is your take on that? Do you believe that they're one and the same? Or they're separate entities? Because I know there's been a lot of disclosure over the past year, year and a half of UFOs and flying saucers. And the government was like, yeah, they've always existed, of course. Um, what would what would what would you uh, determine that to be? I think that, uh, number one, I do believe we're dealing with the same phenomenon. So either aliens are appearing as demons in antiquity or demons are appearing, you know, as aliens in modernity. Whatever's going on, whatever's going on, I think it, I'm a proponent of what's called the single field theory or the single origin. Okay. So I believe it's the same phenomenon that's wearing different masks. And uh, daggone it, I, if I thought about it, I would have went out to like, I don't know, Spirit Halloween and I, I would have had a demon mask and alien mask to prove what I'm talking about, you know, actually kind of give like a show and tell special or something. Right. Um, but the phenomenon has manifested as demonic in antiquity. However, uh, it's also manifested as corpses. Uh, in Ariel Masters' book, Eros and Evil, witches were being abducted out of their beds at night. They were flown. How did that happen? Sounds like an abduction. <laughs> flown to an undisclosed location where they were believed to have intercourse with corpses and demons. But wow. again, these are, not, these are not real corpses and not real demons. Uh, what was occurring to them is a program was being ran on them. How do we know that? Because in Eros and Evil, uh, Ariel Masters says something very interesting to me as a researcher. He says that while they were copulating with these images, the frequency fuzzed out, and these these women were looking around for the first time, realizing that's not a corpse I've been making love to. That's not a demon that abducted me. They were being poked and prodded by metallic objects. Whoa! That that were circumcised according to a measure. To the measure of a man. In other words, they had they had tailored that entire situation around the senses of that woman and that belief system. So she believed this is a demon, manifests as a demon, bam. However, beyond behind the scenes, they realized it's not a demon or a corpse, right? They were just feeding into a belief system. What was really going on? Was again, they were taking over, hello, UFO abduction, right? And they were implanting them with semen, seed. So it's the same phenomenon throughout millennia. It's just what we've learned to do is kind of corner them with terminologies. Right. You have to be an alien or a demon, right? And so what I'm saying is it's possible, and this is what I've been leaning towards. I talked to Dr. Barry Fitzgerald about this. He's big into this as well. There is yet another entity hiding in the darkness that is playing the role of either demon or alien, but it's present. So our question now in the field is, what the hell is that? Right, right. right. Is, it, is it more alien than an alien? Is it more demonic than a demon? We don't know yet, but we, what we know for sure is they're playing by different rules here, and that's what we're really looking into. And I truly feel that those two different <clears throat> fields of thought, those two camps, I don't understand why it's so controversial that they can intermingle. I, I, I just, 
because you got the hardcore alien guys and you got the hardcore demon guys and you're like those two cannot inter you know intermingle i'm like what well, i don't see that as being a, a huge issue you know what i mean because that's a bigger problem it's a problem for pseudo intellectuals who really <laughs> really really want to weave a narrative of these beings not being a threat douchebags because <laughs> yeah, if they if they say okay, if they say that these beings are demonic, it's a threat. You can't, you know, it's a good demon. No, <laughs> it, you're right. They can't, you know, they're they're done. They're done. So so now what they have to do is at least say, well, they have to be alien, and then they go as far as say, you know what? There's good aliens and bad aliens. Uh, and I'm over here looking at the phenomenon and working with people in my own research and field. I'm thinking, no. There's no way this is not a threat to us, even if they're not invading us. I mean, it's not like I, I always hypothesize it this way, posture it this way. Uh, are we a threat to chickens? Yeah. Well, why don't we just kill all chickens? What a dumb question. Right. Because we want to eat them. Right. We're a self-serving species. So likewise, it's, this is called the farming hypothesis. And it's always people just really, really ignorant people who just I don't know. They go out there and, well, why don't they invade us all? Well, they don't have to. It's not the point to kill us all. The point is to harvest us and keep us procreating. That's what they're after. Mm. Uh, so, right, just like us with cows. We're not going to go wipe them out. That's against our own self-interest. Right. But if we were cows, we would think they're not a threat to us. They're not killing all of us. Right? That's my point. Uh, it makes sense. And and do you have a hypothesis of of who or what these entities are? Like who's behind the curtains? Who's the man behind the green mask? Mm. Um like what would you categorize it? Maybe that'd be a better a better well, way of phrasing I, that question. I think that uh, even the question, okay, what what is a demon? I think that's a very important question as well, because when, when people ask me, especially ufologists, you know, well, I don't believe they're demons. Well, first of all, what do you believe a demon is? Because that itself will determine whether you believe these are demons, right. right? And so many, many, if not all of their understanding of demonology is influenced by Catholicism. Um, even people that I, you know, I was on Twitter before I got off Twitter. Uh, I couldn't deal with just the drama and ufology and people just bickering and just, dude, like it was UFC. You little, you know, all this stuff. And, <laughs> and I had a hand in it too, big country. I got to be honest with you, man, because I, it was just, just dumb stuff, man. Um. You know, and one guy's like, well, I had a degree in biblical studies. I'm like, no, like you Tight. have to get deeper, right? You have cool. to go beyond the Bible. You know, you have to go to comparative literature and, and look at what's, what they really believed. And a lot of biblical study uh, degrees don't do that. A lot of them are just strictly, you know, you got to believe yeah. this. We're going to teach you. And, and, not really. and I've always had such an issue with that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, dude, I read the Bible. I have... Uh, the Bible, remember, remember when I messaged you that I was, I was yeah. genuinely fucking scared when we saw right. that shit on my son's camera mm -hmm. and the Bible has not left his crib since that day. That was like a month mm -hmm. ago or whatever it was. I read the Bible, mm -hmm. but I also read uh, the book of Enoch. I have, I have right. the Quran in my house. I have all these different studies because it's not to say that there's one uh, book that's in the top of the hierarchical hierarchy, Jesus hierarchy category there. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's good to diversify. So for somebody to be like, oh, I have a degree, I have a degree in 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 biblical oh, literature. That's cool, bro. But what's your opinion on Enoch? According to the book that you have a degree on, he's the only guy that got taken away. 
but you're not going to read the book because someone told you. Oh, it's not canonized. And right. that's the issue, right? That's the issue. But but it was such a lazy conversation because it's, it comes from a, an argument of authority mm. where, hey, I have a degree and just shut up. That's supposed to be the end it's of the, a, the discourse. It's a logical fallacy. Right, right. And, and again, no. And that's what, again, okay, going back to the Collins Elite research, I, uh, there was a time when I asked UFO Twitter, I said, is there anybody, anybody on here uh, who's read the bibliography, you know, all of the books that were written and read by the Collins Elite, have you read any of them? And they said, no. I said, then how do you know their research is wrong? They don't. Right. Because they didn't read what they read. Right. Yeah. So, so you, how can you have the, how are you going to say you have a different conclusion than they did? when you didn't even, you know, have an opportunity to get there. So, right. so that's what I'm dealing with. It's, it's a, a brand of intellectual laziness that is pervasive in the field. And it's been difficult for me because I'm trying to break through all the dogma, even in ufology and say, Hey, listen, maybe there are some experiencers in antiquity that perceive them as demons. And maybe we should at least, you know, have a seat at the table to talk about them. Right. You know, maybe they're not yeah. horns and hooves. At least we have, we have witnesses that say, hey, listen, these beings descended down upon me in the middle of the night and stared into my eyes. Who does that? Aliens do. Well, right. what about 2,000 years ago? So that's what I've been desperately trying to do. And um, and sometimes I'm not very good at it. You know, sometimes I, you know, I've a, I had a TBI about four or five years ago. Sometimes I get tongue tied and, and things, but um, at least I'm swinging, sure. trying to create a conversation in the field that's worthy of having. Right. And I think that's part of um, similar frustrations that people that do shows like ours have with just general populace. You know right. what I mean? It, no matter what the topic is, because you constantly deal with with fucking people that are lazy and don't do research. And I didn't see it on the news. And therefore, it must not be true or, or the news <laughs> yeah, said it. So yeah. therefore, it is true. You know, um, mm -hmm. and it's in, you're right. It's intellectual laziness. And uh, I'm so curious because. This topic is let me let me say this. The topic that we're discussing right now that you dive heavily into, I've only heard you talk about it. Wow. And and that's troubling to me because you don't come off with the message that you're that you're bringing to the table, the questions you're asking as like an authoritative figure. You're like, hey, let's talk about this because I think there's something more and a lot of people shut it down with no my way or the highway. I'm like, well, that's right. not that dude. That's not how the world works, man. Like, <laughs> you know, just yeah, like, yeah, right. uh, you know, biblical scholars that, that do that, you know, that talk about the Bible. And again, mm -hmm. I read the Bible. I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I believe in a creator. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would love to ask what their opinion on the Council of Nicaea is. Do you have an issue with what they did there? Because I kind of do. You know what I mean? So right. uh, these 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 questions that you're that you're bringing to the table to this community that's so shut down are, are you feel that that maybe you're making some headway with with certain uh, leading people in ways that they don't want to admit. I've had people stalk my Instagram and republish my work on Twitter. Never credit me really they won't even like the post they won't share it on their own social media and by the way voila we got it and <laughs> and i'm thinking the hell you do i mean you know and it's ridiculous uh, but i do believe and this is according to 
um, Jeff Kingsbury on Strange Recon, which I know people, he's a very controversial guy. I don't care. Um, Ooh. Like, he, yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to kissle me. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, he had me on when before he had me on, he, he told everybody, he's like, look, he goes, if there's a researcher in the field, and he said everybody on the show, dude, everybody. Uh, he's like, look, if there's a researcher in the field that is, is really making his mark and proving that they're interdimensional, it's me. And um, I hope that's true because, again, if we're dealing with beings that have the ability to be both apparitional, and that's that's kind of a paradox, I say both apparitional in terms of it's a plurality and it's, it's a plurality and a singularity. So, so you have a, 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 an apparitional being has two manifestations. It can, it can materialize and dematerialize. So there's a plurality and there's a singularity. It's one being in two ways. Jesus Christ. Don't mean right? to bring him into this, but. Jesus is here. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I mean? So, so of course, so there's a singularity and a plurality present within the one being and so that's when i when i do lectures i say hey guys we're dealing with it literally entities that have been known to walk through a wall and then and come back into existence solidify to the very touch and we've seen that interconnectivity uh in both hauntology and in ufology and in hauntology is like especially a really malevolent entity uh has the ability again to materialize in front of you and then disappear through a wall but I, again, I think that this points to the fact that these are the same beings. They have the same capabilities, yeah. the same, right, implications. Right. So, you know, it's another interconnectivity, but people don't want to think that way. They want to kind of hypothesize science into it. And I believe it has a role, uh, but not to the point that we lose sight of what's really going on and saying, hey, listen, there's something really supernatural occurring. Uh, let me ask you this because this just kind of popped into my head and it, it builds on another question about as yep. far as um, possession and dogma with the Catholic Church. But um, would it be out of the realm of possibility that when you see a possession case, like a, a classic, you know, head spin and vomiting, you know, the classic levitating, mm -hmm. all that stuff, like just like the movies. Um, and the demon we'll, we'll just for the sake of the argument air quotes we'll call it a demon can be exercised by a priest successfully right mm -hmm. that's one in that's one scenario and then in another scenario it cannot be exercised by a, a priest Ooh. successfully right right and there's negative connotations with that the worst being of course death or what have you could that possibly be the entities that you're discussing because I 100%. remember on the last time you said that I was like, what can we do? And you're like, not do or fucked. There's nothing. Right. So they don't, they don't respond to the, uh, the holiness aspect. If, if that's the right way to say that. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I mean when I say they're playing by different rules because they're playing a different game. And, uh, as a side note to the next point I'm going to make, this is where, um, parapsychology fails us because parapsychology can measure and create the dimensions of the chessboard. It doesn't mean they know the rules of the game. And it sure as hell doesn't mean they know who's playing it. Mm. Right? So science can only give us a certain amount of insight. Um, but yes, these are the same beings. And uh, according to my, let's look at uh, Malachi Martin's case study. You know, uh, one of the laws or rules that we thought existed was that these beings cannot kill us. 
at least demons, and that's not true. Malachi Martin was reaching for a book in his study, and he had a stool underneath his feet. A shadow figure kicked the chair, kicked the stool right out from underneath him. He fell down his head on the corner of the table and died. So they absolutely have the ability to take life. Wow. So X that out, right? Move that to a side. What other rules were we, in, were we indoctrinated to believe that came from them, huh? That came from them in order to propagate propaganda, in order to, 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 to lead us into a labyrinth of lies that even many to this day are still staggering. And they're groping in the darkness, wondering what the hell's going on. Um, but even even people, like especially people, and this again, this is a Malachi Martin motif. Uh, if the exorcism is unsuccessful, it's as if the entity in that individual turns on a unified field of consciousness. Now the whole phenomenon turns, and now you have their attention. And that's why Malachi Martin said that 90% of the time when there's a failed exorcism, the full width and breadth of that phenomenon is targeting that exorcist. Everything. Wow. And now they're running for their lives. They lose their minds. They commit suicide. And um, so absolutely, they are the same phenomenon. Uh, even going down this road for a second, even the D-book in the 16th century. Uh -huh. Jewish culture, you'll... right? <laughs> right, right. You'll never hear it in a paracon. <clears throat> I've yet to hear it, ever because we're feeding into pop culture. We want to get likes and shares. We don't want to get to the root of the issue because it won't sell. It's too terrifying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, uh, that's, we, we mentioned that on the last show when we, when I asked you about those uh, guys from ghost hunters and you're like, that's why they never do an episode about um, succubus or incubus. Cause that's not right. sexy. It's not sexy to be raped by a fucking right. demon. <laughs> it's Isn't not it crazy. Stuff. Yeah. It includes sex, but it's not sexy. Isn't mm -hmm. that strange? It's just mm -hmm. so, so strange. The mentality here. But yeah, nobody wants to get down to the data because it scares a lot of people. And uh, I found a lot of researchers, even senior researchers or senior fellows in the field, they, they don't want to touch it. it, it you know, they'll, they'll kind of, uh, like I said, put lipstick on the pig and then work their way around it and justify it to the point that we're telling women that uh, you weren't really, you know, assaulted by these beings. It was your perception. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Hannibal Lecter excuse is that? Right, right. That's yeah. It's like when I was a kid, my brother, you're hitting yourself. You're hitting yourself. You're hitting yourself. No, I'm not. You're doing this to me, and I am experiencing what you're doing to me. And uh, and that's it's just drawn a line in the sand for me because now it's like okay, do I want to go to a conference? You know where they're going to be propagating this stuff and and high-five each other, and they get, they get a bunch of government grants, you know, and then meanwhile, I get phone calls from women or families where their home's blown apart. Their, their, their six-year-old daughter tells them, I want to kill myself. Really? Whoa. No, I mean, Whoa. you know, it, it, that's the real stuff. And I'm not negating the fact there are positive experiences, but again, in my, like when I was a kid, the, the being first appeared to me in my house as a young girl positive experience but as it evolved completely different entity fuck that dude right right so so if all they're looking at is the little girl and saying see it was no big deal okay let's go along let's dig deeper because again that entity also evolved and mutated that wasn't really a little girl 
It right. was something deeper and darker than I ever anticipated. Holy Santa but, Claus um, shit. This is going to be a good Halloween episode. People are Holy like, Christ. Let, uh, let me give a little background real quick on Malachi Martin. And if, I, I just pulled this up real quick. This is from Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. I'm sure it's been edited a bit. Um, but born July 23rd, 1921. Died July 27th, 1999. Wow, very close to his birthday. Uh, was an Irish-born American traditionalist Catholic priest, biblical archaeologist, exorcist, paleographer, professor, and prolific writer on the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, he was ordained as a Jesuit priest. Um, but if you go down to his death right here in 99, he was he died when, when everything was great. Uh, Malachi Martin died in Manhattan of an intracerebral, cerebral, intracerebral hemorrhage. Four days after his 78th birthday, it was caused by a fall in his apartment in Manhattan. The documentary, Hostage to the Devil, claimed that Martin said he was pushed from a stool by a demonic force. Fuck that. There we go. There we go. So people don't tell me I don't know my, my stuff, right? Thanks, big country. You got Thank it, you. dude. Fact so, check so, that shit. Fact check. Yeah. Um, of course, man. And Malachi was a god among men. You know, in the documentary, you know, there was a guy that said something about him being a charlatan and a womanizer uh but okay you know as as most men as as so most martin men, luther king right 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 still right. a great always, man always heretics if you don't want them you know yeah but uh for malachi martin man my god he was he was a god among men you know he's terribly charismatic and i say that with intention terribly charismatic yeah, almost like intoxicating he's incredible he had the intellect like Obama. He had the, yeah he just he had it all <laughs> He had it all. It would just ooze out of him. And, you know, I loved it. I loved it. I'll be honest with you. I have uh, on my YouTube channel, I have all of his interviews with, with uh, Art Bell downloaded. But uh, what's so oh, funny, wow. though, is I'll send you those, dude. You'll love them. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's so funny, though, and this gets to show you some of the heart of the paranormal field. In the 90s, when he separated from the Vatican, after being, I think it was a personal advisor to three different popes, he moved to Manhattan, and I think he renounced two or three of his vows. I think one was poverty. I forget the other two. Uh, anyways, he starts performing exorcisms in Manhattan, and he comes in confrontation with the paranormal field in New York, New York City. And so they had the audacity to tell a man who knew, I think it was 11 languages, that, you know, that he, he was not the real deal. And so you want to talk about a come-to-Jesus moment. He said, okay, I'm not the real deal. And you're talking to people who just donned the priestly collar once every now and then, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a priest. Nah, not really. And, and so that's what he was encountering. And so he's like, he's like, okay, let's go. Let's have a meeting. He dials up the Vatican. Woo! I'm getting pumped. Dials up the Vatican, big country. Dude. Hey, this is Malachi Martin. Not, not, hold on, let's get, who is this? No, it's Malachi Martin. Motherfucker. Right. Yep, and he said, within a week, he said, here in the next week, I want you to send me a handwritten letter from the Pope telling me that I am validated, that I had the full backing of the Vatican to do exorcism, and I'm doing my little, you know, Damn. Little, you know. Right. Your manager, right, all that stuff. Right. And, and absolutely. He got a handwritten letter from the Pope himself, set it down in front of these researchers, and you know, hey guys, weekend warriors, what you got? Mm. Boy, mm. you want to talk about just a complete butt kick. 
So I love, I, that's why I respect the, the crap out of him. Anyways, um, but yeah, so I don't even know where to go from here, man. But yeah, I, I well, love Malachi Martin. Uh, let me let me get it's a good segue because uh, yeah. part of that second question i was going to ask about the dogma with with uh the catholic church and and exorcism why is it uniquely inherent to the catholic church and have you ever encountered uh, an instance of another sect of christianity uh, engaging in an exorcism or uh an experience in like a, a christian church or a, a baptist yeah. lutheran whatever what have you for sure yeah, so that's a very good question. And uh, so the religion that I grew up in was Pentecostalism. And it's kind of the Tambourines and snakes and all like it. Well, yeah, we did do snakes. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Um, we were a little bit more literate. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we were, thank God. And that's one, that's one thing they were literate about. Um, anyways, you know, we had, okay, so what is Pentecostalism? So it's kind of more mystical aspect of Christianity. I grew up in a very strict tradition, you know, the preachers that came through my church, um, they couldn't care less about money. They didn't care about popularity. A lot of the, some did, you know, but most of them were like, dude, especially deliverance ministries they were like, dude, I just went off a four month or a four week fast. I'm here. I'm here to kick some tail. I'm right. here to deliver something. I'm here to heal something. And I would watch them as they would come in direct confrontation with people, uh, you know, people that just visited or people that had entities in them. And it was a profound moment for me. Uh, one of my favorite ministers ever is uh, Jonathan Suber. And I tried to get him on my show on the Leak Project. and never responded. So, hey, hey, Bishop Suber. Hey, dude, get with your boy, all right? Come on now. Um, yeah. Anyways, he grew up in Africa as a missionary's kid. So uh, he would come through our church at like 28 years old, dude, and just tear up everything. I mean, he would walk by people. He walked by one lady at, at a conference that he was at, and uh, so the girl's praying, and he walks by her, and she immediately the entity. It's like it's like Matrix, right? The eyes go black, and it's there now, and she starts speaking to him in fluent French because that's what he knows. Mm -hmm. And she says, "Hello, Jonathan. Do you remember me?" Mm -hmm. And nobody speaks French, like at least in that church, right? It, so it's very strange. So he hears her, turns around, and speaks back to her in French. Yes, I do. I cast you out in a, in a conference in Ghana. I know who exactly who you are. And then it's on, Doc. It's on. Lights out, bro. Wow. Hands on the head. It's not It's not these, you know, it's nothing like you see in television or even like TBN. This was a real deal where the atmosphere changes, the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you know, oh, my God, it, this is a war. It's a yeah. direct confrontation with evil. Um, so, yeah, I've been in services where um, cataracts have fallen off. Like documented miracles, big country. Whoa. This is why when people tell me, you know, you know, Pentecostalism, you know, they don't like it and everything. That's fine. I don't have to like it. The phenomenon itself is real. What I experienced was undoubtedly authentic. Um, so, so that was my introduction to real authentic deliverance ministry. And again, it wasn't using holy water. It was a different tradition. But uh, in, their, in their cases, it was more or less, sometimes you, we wouldn't even have to touch them. Right. Okay. Right? It was it was in the name of Jesus, which was a, a, a ritual performed in the first century. And the reason these entities feared Jesus, even in the name of Jesus, because how, how much of an exorcist he was. So by, by simply saying, I do this in the name of Jesus, they would be like, oh, God, I'm getting mm. out. Now, 
so that's that's what that was my background. So I I, I do again. I if anything, it does validate the spiritual component to the phenomenon. Right. Well, now let me ask you this. Well, actually, let me back up. I'll tell you a quick funny story. I told this on a show. I did it on from one of the taverns that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were trying to find a church out here that we really like. We had a church, and it got real clicky and weird, and we're like, nah, I don't have time for that shit. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a church. We went to this church. Really great presentation. You walk in. Everyone's super friendly, as it, you, know, you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the night before, and I told this story. The night before, it was the first time I had ever smoked weed. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't start smoking weed until I was 32. I'm 33. So I haven't been in the game for too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'm still feeling a little kind of like, whoa, you know, like I'm not high anymore, but it's like that after, that day after effect of the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go, honey, they're sitting, my wife and my son are sitting down in church. I go, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I go to the bathroom, I come back, I see some shirts on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it says Holy Ghost Church, and I went, mm-hmm. "Oh no, mm-hmm. I've heard about these." <laughs> yep. So I go down, sit next to my wife, and the guy that was playing the piano jumps on the organ, and the pastor comes out, and he's like, "And the Lord is like, and it's like, down, 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 you know, and and dude, there was a guy that was there that brought out a tambourine. He had a case, brought the tambourine yeah. out, shaking it, and I told my wife, I said, Nicole. If this dude, because I don't know, right. right? I don't know. I said, but if this dude starts talking in tongues, we, mm-hmm. you and I, are pulling our guns out and we are leaving <laughs> this fucking Jesus. church. I'm yeah, out. Man. Yeah, I got right? it. I got it. Um, but uh, the, the question I wanted to ask you is, because we're getting towards the end of the show here. Um, we could do another 30 minutes, do that. This has been a breeze. I know okay. it would, but... Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I figure. But, I, you know, I try to be respectful to the to the time allotted. So, um, but um, y- you see things on the internet that, that might not be true. You know, videos of people putting up scary stuff or whatever. But I genuinely believe that I've seen videos of legitimate hauntings of some sort. Um what 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 do you think those are you know door slamming opening and it seems to be just that but it's still terrifying nonetheless is that someone trapped is it is it you know we've always heard that like um if someone wasn't ready to leave yet they stay behind because they don't know where to go it's like what are those things do you, do you have an idea well i yeah i think there's probably a multitude of things occurring all at once I know in my own experience as a kid, going to bed at night when I'm just complete peace, you couldn't hear a you could hear a pin drop, couldn't hear any. I mean, just, there was nothing there right. to hear, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something would start walking on our wooden floors. Get the f- I and I start crying immediately. I, I, dude, I had it rough when I was a kid, man. So I'm looking, you know, through the hallway at my parents, and there's just me and my parents. You know, my brother was young, so he was sleeping in their room at the time, and I'm thinking. Oh my God, like there's something out there. And it would always walk up to my room and it would stop. And then I would feel something walk into my room. And to this day, it was the most malevolent entity I've encountered. And, and I've had, I've had a murder case, man, where they had to cut up the carpet and I had to go get rid of the entity that, that actually murdered. <laughs> That's a document of fact. And uh, so, so wait, 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 though, Nathaniel, I got to yeah. stop you. You've had a case, murder, okay? You had to go get rid of this entity. Yes, documented. 
what did the police report say? Man, so, all right. Here's how it starts. One night, I met my favorite watering hole, okay? At this Hell time, yeah. I was, I was, um, I would go to my favorite watering hole, and I would just sit down, and I would read for six hours, nonstop. Damn. Notes, dude, notes. You know, I write notes and everything, and suddenly I get a a message on Facebook, and it's from a lady. I never, obviously, I don't know her. She says, "Hey, Mister Gillis, you know, there's some things going on in my family." was wondering if you would mind stopping by and praying with us. Now, my father is a pastor. He's been a pastor for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So she thought I was my father. She looked up, you know, some church, local local church, and so, you know, reached out to me. So I go to my father with it, still having no context as to what happened and why she wants us there. And uh, as I'm showing him, you know, the message, she then says, here's why we would like prayer we have been experiencing balls of light shadow figures apparitions in the house and we need help and so my dad was like that sounds a little bit more like your territory kind of joking and so i was like okay fine and so i'm messaging her back as i'm messaging her back something occurs to me it's a phenomenon that i've experienced about a handful of times in my life it's it's literally by location where I'm sitting here talking to you, big country, my consciousness is somewhere else. And when I'm there, when I'm there, I hear, I smell, and I see. I can't, I, and that, it's a whole nother show. And I'm texting her, and, and I said, okay, I said, right now, I'm walking up the stairs to a second story of a house, and there's an entity, a very powerful being, hiding in a closet. She then responds in all caps, oh my God, I was in that closet last night and I felt the very same thing. Still no context as to why I'm really being called outside of there's paranormal activity. So I get there, come to find out that the woman who reached out to me, okay, was the sister of the husband. There's a family, there's a, there's a, there's a wife, there's a husband, there's a 13-year-old daughter. But then there's the sister to the husband. Okay. And she's the one that reached out to me. And then so I get there and I walk in and this is, the, you're going to get chills. Every time I talk about it, I either tear up or I just start getting in, like really, it's pretty freaky. Right. I walk in, there's a man walks up to me and he says, hi, Nate. First of all, I'm not Nate to you. I don't know you. No offense. I'm Nate to you, big country. Right. We're friends, but I ain't Nate to no stranger. Gang, gang. I'm Nathaniel, bro, right? Uh, hey, Nate. I knew. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> oh, here we go. He's like, listen, oh, I'm an atheist. No. Yeah, he's like, I'm an atheist, and I don't believe in anything that you do. I don't believe in God. I'm just here because that, that man over there, the husband, he's, he's my best friend. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. Tied, and, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, cool like, convo. Yeah, dude. Nice to meet Wait, you. Let's nice, become Facebook great. friends. Yeah, totally. Um, you're you're very you're the guy I want to invite to Thanksgiving. You're so pleasurable. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's wild. So um as I'm looking in the living room, I notice that right in front of the front door, there is a big chunk of carpet about this this big that's cut up all the way down to the wood. So they pulled out the padding. Everything. 
And that's when my mind starts racing and I'm going, what did I just get myself into? Mm -hmm. What, what's really occurring here? Right. And so the, the, the husband is, he was disabled and he had a gash on his stomach that was sewn up and he had a, uh, some kind of walker or some sort of, um, contraption that was helping him be mobile. And uh, the sister approaches me and says, listen, I want to let you know what happened. I said, okay. She goes, um, my niece, which is the, the daughter, the 13 year old became friends with the 15 year old at school. And the 15 year old was a bad influence. And so the family told her, listen, we don't want you to hang out with that girl from school. Okay. There's just something on her. We don't, right. we don't get a good feeling when she's around. Right. Where's like and Slayer shirts and shit. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> very like a darkness, man, a thick darkness. And so, uh, and then this is when the husband took over the father, he goes, you know, and he goes, uh, one night we're watching television and we, it's like midnight, you know, and he's like, and we look outside of the window and there's the 15 year old girl staring at us outside, hand to God, staring at us outside the window. And he said, Nathaniel, he said, I, he said, I got goosebumps. He said, it freaked me out. We called the cops. I think they said it and, uh, you know, they could press charges. I mean, you know, whatever. He's like, so at that point, the 13 year old starts getting really withdrawn. She's upstairs. She's like cutting herself. She's going through some things. Shit. And, and uh, then the paranormal activity began. Balls of light. You know, something walking in the middle of the night, something shutting doors, disembodied voices. And uh, he's like, so, you know, months go by and on a school night, 13 year old daughter walks down the stairs and says, hi, daddy. And he says, hi, baby, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just thirsty. Okay, fine. He said, me and my wife are sitting on the couch watching television. Nothing to think about, you know, it's just the same old thing. All of a sudden, 13 year old daughter opens the door. In walks the 15 year old. Looks around, has a pair of, has one, a knife in one hand and a pair of stub nose scissors in the other. And according to his testimony, she had a male disembodied voice coming out of her. Her lips did not move and she just began stabbing. Right. The brother, because he had a, a daughter and a brother, a daughter and a son, the brother comes in, tackles her. He's disabled. And so they're fighting her off, but not before she had, unfortunately, killed the mother. Oh my God. So man, I'm getting chills, bro. So when I get there, I have no context for this. I had no idea what happened. I'm just here because I'm after an entity. I didn't realize that entity had murdered somebody. And so here's what I told. I told uh, the sister of the husband. I said, look, I'm going to record this. And I don't want you to tell me anything about whose rooms I'm in or where the paranormal activity was manifested. I don't want to know. I said, but I'm going to tell you what I feel. And I just want you to hear, be here to, to be a witness to what I'm feeling. Okay. Excuse me. So we go upstairs and uh, we're going through different rooms and I'm telling her, I'm like, I don't think, I don't feel anything in this room. I said, but it's getting stronger. The, the more rooms we're going into, I go into one room in big country. It felt like, like there was a, a wall on the right and the wall went kind of far and then it opened up. 
So I could see the, I could see the left side of the room, but the right side opened up where I had to peer over and see the rest of it. So as I'm walking into the room, it, the, the presence was so powerful. I literally felt like there was someone embodied there waiting for me. Oh, it was, okay. it was weird. And so when I walk in, I tell the, I tell the sister, I said, it's in this room right now with us. And so we go into a closet. The closet was on the left. And I'm looking at the closet. And I said, okay. I said, this is the closet I saw in, in, in the other night. And she says, exactly. She said, this is where I was when I was messaging. I said, okay, fine. I said, so I'm going to focus on this closet. I looked down and there was a green milk carton full of, of trains, model trains. Model train. Okay. I'm like, oh God, what, what's this mean? You know? And so I told her, I said, well, I said, what I feel right now is that this being, either these trains belong to him in life or these trains remind him of something that belonged to him in life. And she still, you know, there's things that she doesn't even know yet, uh, you know, that the husband's never told her, her brother. Right. And so she's kind of oblivious to some things too. And she's, she, goes, she goes, okay. So you turn around and she opens up another closet and there's a bunch of fishing poles and tackle boxes. So I'm moving through the house. I go into the mother and the father's room. Instantly, I hear the faint voice come to me, a female voice. It was very distant. It sounded like you're talking in a bucket. And I told her, I said, I, I, she wants to communicate. I said, but I cannot hear her. I said, there's something blocking it. So I go downstairs. You follow me so far? Right. Yep. I go downstairs. I don't want to, but I'm there. <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it actually turned out to be very, very, a very unique case. Um, but so we go downstairs, we go to the kitchen and I go into another vision of mine where I see the victim smoking a cigarette, sitting on a wooden chair at a wooden table. She's listening you, to music now. You see this. See this. Right. See this. Now watch this. She obviously was not here and the wooden chair was not there either. Not there. So in reality, it was just a table. And I remember telling the sister, this is what I'm seeing right now. She's here. I'm being communicated with. There's something occurring. So when all is said and done, we go to the living room and, um, and I just start crying. I start crying. I said, there is a, I said, there is a man. He's short. He's stout like me. I said, and he's crying. I said, I don't know if he died of cancer, but I said, I feel like he's an older brother. And that's when the husband starts crying. He goes, yes, that's my, and I, I even said this. I said, I feel like his name was Barry and I can't. And I, I did my finger like this. I was looking for G. And when I said that, he goes, Gary. I said, that's it. He goes, that's my older brother. He died of cancer. And the last time we saw him was in this living room. And he gave me a hug and started crying. I said, all right. I said, this is what he's telling me, that there is a male entity here. Very violent male entity. And he hates women. He either beat his wife or his daughter. And he tells me that he would have killed them in life. I said, so I don't know who this man is. I said, also, I said, I feel like he was on drugs or uh, in alcoholism or something. I said, because I feel like he would get into rages where he was almost unconscious. And then he would, you know, beat the snot out of his wife or his daughter constantly. The husband looks at me and he starts shaking. He goes, you know, he goes, when I met my wife, I met her the night her father beat her. We're going somewhere. 
And he said, that was when the night I got tired of it and I confronted him and I threw all of her stuff in my truck and we moved into this house. Ooh. And then he said, now it's fascinating. He said, Nathan, Nathaniel, and dude, I swear to God, I'm a life. I'm a life. I'm not one of those guys that like lies for clout. I don't need clout. Right. You know, he goes, you know, he goes, uh, he was a part of a biker gang and uh, he was, he would do heroin and stuff. He would get drunk when he would get especially drunk. He would beat on my mother-in-law and my wife, which was his daughter. He would beat them. He said, it took my wife 10 years of therapy to get over the PTSD he caused her. Right. He says, now his name was Doug. And I said, Dougie? And when I said that, you could feel it was like a rush of hot air. And everybody's looking around. And I said, oh, my God. And he goes, how'd you know his name was Dougie? So where, he said, where'd you get that? I said, I don't know. I just said it. And I was thinking, teach me how to Dougie. All right. Started, that's not what, that's not at all. He, 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 started, he, he looks at me, he goes, well, he goes, whenever he would get especially angry, we would make fun of him and say, hey, Dougie, calm down. He said, we would have to treat him like a child. It's going to blow your mind. He said, matter of fact, when he would get especially angry, we would take Dougie, put him in a car, and then take him to a Toys R Us and buy him green model trains. Get the fuck off my show. Swear to God. Swear to God. Swear to God. It's documented. Oh, he my said this. God. And then the sister, she starts shaking and she goes, wait a minute. Right? She's, she's, her, her mind is going crazy. She goes, are those his trains upstairs? He goes, yeah. He goes, when he died, he goes, we didn't know what to do with the stuff. So we put all of his stuff upstairs in a closet. And then she goes, she goes, okay. And she's freaking out, man. I, dude, I, the, my hair's standing up. She said, well, what about the, the fishing poles that were in the other closet in the room? He goes, yeah, he was a big, big bass fisherman. Then he goes into this. He goes, and Nathaniel, he goes, it's kind of funny you mentioned all that. He said, because you know who made that wooden table in my kitchen? He did. Then he says, in the wooden chair you said you saw my wife sitting on is in the garage right now. So at that point, that's identifying the spirit. Now that you've identified it, which we're going to may have end up doing two hours. Now that I identified it, you can't leave. Right? You can't leave that house without confronting the entity, you know, face to face. So while we're talking, I could feel this, this energy building and building and it kept getting hot. And so, um, I decided, so okay, everybody bow their heads. And I, I called on an angel, my guardian angel. And I said, God, I said, now that he's here, I could feel him. He moved on, on my right side. And, uh, I said, now that he's here, I'm asking you to take him by the neck and to drag him wherever he belongs. When I said that, something broke in the room the atheist is in a fetal position in the corner rocking back and forth and crying oh shit Whew. man I'm oh. Getting pumped. I'm getting pumped. oh this is deliverance this is not okay you know now you lay me down to sleep this is actual authentic deliverance it's it's a game changer for people who've never experienced it um so anyways the sister is crying just bawling and then it was like somebody turned the heat up instant instantly <clears throat> The husband is on the couch doing this. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. Get it off me. Get it off me. It's hot. It's hot. So 
it, it was like a crescendo and it got real hot and then it just left. When it left, and this is on this is on the recording, you can hear the sister of the husband. She said, Did somebody turn the lights on? No. She goes, No, she goes, it's brighter in here. She goes, is it just me? I said, no, now that I look at it, it is kind of bright here. It's something different. You know how you have those light switches that you could turn up slowly? Yeah, rheostats. It was just like that. You saw it leave. Oh, holy crap. She goes upstairs. Now, this is the God's honest truth. I'm about to check. This is going to blow your mind, dude. She goes upstairs and she starts crying and screaming. She goes, oh my God, it's up here too. Whatever it is left, whatever it is left. So then two weeks later, get a phone call from the atheist. <laughs> He's crying. And at first I didn't understand, I didn't know what he was going to say, right? I knew he was touched that night by, by God or whatever you want to call it. It changed his life. He was crying, just bawling. And he's, you know, oh my God, what happened? Well, uh, two weeks later, or I think two weeks, two months, I forget now. Um, but at, shortly after that, the sister calls me and says, okay, um, I think his name was Donnie or Tommy. He wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, you know, why? Is this a good talk or a bad talk? She's like, no, it's, you'll see. I'm like, okay. Hey, what's up? Hey, Nathaniel. Yeah, it ain't Nate now, is it? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, listen, man. He goes, I just want you to know that, um, he's like, I'm sorry. I was very blunt with you in the beginning. He goes, look, man. He goes, I've never, you know, I've never experienced anything like that. He said, to be quite honest with you. It changed my life. He says, in Dayton, Ohio, I pulled up a phone book and I looked up all the numbers of the pastors in Dayton, Ohio, and I called them and told them, you need to talk to this guy, Nathaniel Gillis. Now, I'm not egocentric, so I don't care. It's not about me, but that's what he, he was doing. All right, you ready for the kicker? I guess. Months later, I am in the same watering hole, sitting in the same chair around the same time of night that I got that message couple sits down next to me and uh first it was it was me and it was the husband and the wife the wife looks over she asks her husband to switch places so she's now next to me she goes okay what are you reading uh you know i'm you know paranormal stuff you know not that you're interested oh i'm very interested i said okay so we get to talking i said I, can i ask you a question she's yeah i said okay i said for some reason i keep seeing you like a teacher like, are you like, a, you teach like college classes or something? She goes, well, it's kind of funny. You said that. She goes, I just started to. I said, really? I said, I think you could do a job, good job. You seem really put together. She goes, oh yeah, you know, I'm really excited. And uh, she goes, so like, do you do cleansings and stuff? I said, yeah, I've done them in the past. I don't do as many now. I'm more in the research. She goes, well, when was your last case? And I didn't use any names. I just said, you know, I said, somebody murdered somebody and, and I went and did a cleansing for the house. She goes, you're Nathaniel Gillis. Hand to God, God, I'm telling you. I said, what? She goes, you're Nathaniel Gillis. She goes, I know exactly who you are. I said, then, I, I said, really? She goes, yeah. I said, how do you know who I am? She goes, well, I can't tell you because, you know, it, it would kind of be wrong. I said, so, okay, fine. So 45 minutes later, we're chit-chatting. Finally, I said, okay, you got a beer in you. I'm going to ask you a real question. How do you know who I am? Because I said, honestly, this is kind of creepy. Right, sure. She says, I'm a social worker. I said, what? She said, yep. She said, man, I've got to get pumped. She said, the night you did the cleansing, I got a phone call from a 13-year-old in jail. 
And she said over the phone, there was a, the demon that has been haunting me walked into her jail cell and said, I no longer have authority over you. And it left. Hand to God. What? Hand to God, dude. Hand to God. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yep. And at that time, I remember the family was wanting me to visit her in jail. Uh, but the legality, there were legal issues where the lawyers were like, no, that's not a good sign. You know, sure, 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 sure. So, yeah, that was the murder case that I had. Um, just crazy stuff. Okay, man. okay. Back up for, for, for two questions. So the 13-year-old is in jail, but what it, did she, was she charged with an, as an accomplice? or So she was charged with an accomplice. What did they conclude that case with? Just the fifteen-year-old went psycho, and I don't know because I'm I, assuming that they weren't together, right? They weren't jailed together, but she, but the fifteen-year-old was arrested for murder, right? I th according to my knowledge, they were both arrested for murder. Okay, right. Um, and what's so interesting too is the the implications of that entity, uh, because the thirteen-year-old had a personality type that the fifteen-year-old didn't, right? The fifteen-year-old could not have opened the door. So it had to control both of them Whoa. to open its own door. Whoa. It's like so vampire like, lore. Right. But you see how methodical they are and how they have the pathology of a serial killer. Right? Where, oh, where I will manipulate crap. the situation to where the 13-year-old opens the door. 13-year-old would – okay, she never like carried a knife or anything. It was the 15-year-old. So I, it's really weird. But So then the 15-year-old does that. So the entity could not open its own door, right? And so it played on the emotions of, hey, listen, you seem like the one that would actually, you know, murder. And then there we are. So it just goes to show you that uh, it was, I don't even know what to say. It was, it was a crazy case for sure. I'll say, now, before I ask this question about that case specifically, because it kind of ties in a little bit about the original question I had about what are these just seemingly, I don't say normal, but hauntings that happen. Yeah. Um, with your research, uh, are you suggesting that somehow some of these entities don't mm -hmm. necessarily have full control of the situation because the 15-year-old couldn't open the door. Why? Right. What would be your hypothesis as to why she couldn't open the door? Um, well, again, if we're dealing with disembodied, it's looking for hands to work with. It's looking for a body, like a literal avatar, to fulfill its wishes. And so that's what, that's what possession is, right? It's, it's the replication of life. It's literally itself stepping into human skin, stretching its consciousness in it. And so what I believe is he was possessing both people, at least partial possession, not to say that they didn't act within their own volition, right? But there was at least partial possession. And with the 15 year old, possibly full possession, it was speaking out of her during the murder. Laughing. Whoa. Whoa. A male Whoa. voice coming out. Uh, so again, it possessed one person to commit the murder. But he couldn't commit the murder without having the door open so we can get inside the house. So what do you do? He possessed the other to unlock the door. So now, and this is what the 13-year-old said. She's like, look, she goes, I don't even remember what happened. She goes, something took over me. Um, so and I'm going to kind of get, get a little bit deeper here. Okay. This is what we run the risk of encountering when people do, you know, investigations at homes. Not to say that, you know, all of them are great or all of them are evil. But certainly, you could kick up something 
where this entity now understands you're there and it's just like the exorcist who failed the exorcism now you have the full attention of the phenomenon not just the entity but a unified stream of consciousness where now the next entity you meet is going to know who you are oh boy right so so at that point it's not the ghost who's being hunted okay See, I had I had a, a dead serious idea that I was going to pitch to you. I'll save it for the end. I kind of don't even want to do it anymore. But back to uh, the original question of just seemingly normal hauntings, whatever that right. categorized as, right? And I'll now, answer that finally. <laughs> so, well, but you said that that during this encounter that you had, you saw the husband's brother who uh, had yeah. passed on, right? But he knew the other entity was there yep. so do, do you have a an idea of can the brother not move on or did the brother move on after the entity left he was more of a, a an, an alarming source or or something it's like that a, the feeling i had was a kind of a caretaker the older brother okay he could fight he would fight at the you know drop of a hat he was always there to defend his younger brother and now that he couldn't in this lifetime he was here to say hey listen nathaniel consider this kind of point me in that direction okay um, so i really don't know other than his role in that aspect i don't know what his role in other aspects were but it did it did help me you know it really did help me though okay there's a guy here you know in, in that the doug kept coming to me on my right side and i've had that i've been in houses where i felt entities move and the meter goes up from nothing to you're, right he's here right so you're like oh god um Going back to the original question, now, I, I think at least some of these manifestations, when I say manifestations, I'm speaking of like, you know, um, knocks on the door, knocks on the wall, something walking, disembodied voices. Uh, I think at least some of that is a luring mechanism, right? Where it lures you. What is that? I want to know what more about that. And then when you go out there to see what's there, now it's there he is now we, we see that another this is crazy but it's happening another um aspect of that that's occurring in the ufo abduction phenomenon is uh, it's even in the book beyond ufos uh where you know a little girl will go to bed at night and she'll hear the voice of her mother calling for her you know hey sarah sarah it's like too annoying sarah and then she'll get out of her covers go into the hallway and this is literally from beyond ufos both parents are in the bathroom in a daze. And then she realizes that the voice that she's hearing is coming from that entity in the darkness. Oh, no, no, no. So, so well, here's again. <laughs> no, no. no, it's all love and light. They're here to help us get a different vibration of consciousness. The yeah. hell they are. No. That is literally being hunted. Yes. Just like wow. the hunters, yeah, they'll go out there, wow. they'll do the turkey call. The turkey comes to what they think is their own kind. Oh, and my then God. We ensnare them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, some of it is. is Happy Halloween, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is to a degree of propaganda where, you know, if you engage with it, it engages with you. And then you could possibly leave with an attachment. I tell the story about uh, <clears throat> a boy in the 17th century who was uh, 
he was in the middle of a, an orchard with his father. And it was his father's orchard. They were picking apples. And his father says, okay, son, I'm going to go leave. I'm going to go to that, that other, whatever, other tree, that other line of trees. You stay here. I'll meet you with, for, for lunch later on. <clears throat> okay. About an hour and a half later, his son stumbles over to him. And his hair is disheveled. He's got dirt all over him. And he's just, there's something wrong. Right. Majorly wrong. And he says, well, what's going on with you? And a male disembodied voice comes out of him. He's possessed. He then takes his son to the exorcist. The exorcist, this is the Kabbalistic tradition. No holy water involved. This entity is about to be interrogated. Who are you? The entity gives the name. I'm so-and-so. Here's my, here's my body. This is where my body is. This is how I died. This is where I lived. Well, well, why did you choose this young man to assault? He assaulted him. Yeah, well, Tell I us. committed. The, so the, you, you're saying that the, the kid assaulted somebody? No. Nope. Or the, the entity? Picking, the guy was picking an apple. Let's just call it a guy. For, okay. Sure. I don't want to get in trouble. Ooh. <clears throat> guy is picking an apple and something occur, something happens to him. He's physically assaulted. And from the assault, there was a, I don't even know how to script this. He stepped into the body of the young man from the assault. The assault was the origin of the possession. And so now he's being, the spirit's being interrogated. And I said, okay, why did you choose this individual. So now we're getting to the, the, the sexual pathology and victimology, right, of some of these beings. And he said, well, he goes, I committed my first assault underneath that tree. And so that's when the exorcist realized that at least some of these beings are stalking their first crime scenes. Now, like a how many, killer. Like, right. Now, how many of them are active right now in homes and people are picking them up on EVPs? Hi, Jonathan. Right? How are you? And they're going, see, look, we got to go back. No. <laughs> right? What are they doing? And I, I think some of them are luring people, right? Just like a fish. Dangle something in front of them. Get them closer and closer and closer. And then you have a significant problem on your hands. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my Gosh, see, now I'll pitch you the idea that I had, and it just sounds terrible. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't, never mind what I'll say it, and then, then I'll say never mind. Okay. I genuinely, truly wanted to get together, you, uh, myself, Boya, Chris, and we go and do an investigation of like a haunted place, not like a fake one, like Ghost Hunter, but like a legit one. And and, and do a recording that sounds like a fucking terrible idea than what you've been saying well you know they're they're the researchers i look up to in terms of investigators are people like steve mara dr barry fitzgerald i think they're two of the best in the field in the whole world field you know and they've been able to collect data from it not in the sense of you know um I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go in there and try to conjure it. And you know, hey, hey, you demon, get over here. I'm gonna kick your butt. <laughs> you know, and you know, you, you know what? Really? Because I mean, you have no idea what you're really dealing with. 
Sure. Uh, so I do believe there are measures of, I don't know, benefits to it. So it is beneficial in a way, but not to the point where you go in there and you're like trying to kick the devil in the butt. That's not, that's, that's, no, you know, because again, they could turn a blind eye to you one second and then come knocking on your door the next. And when they do, this is what I can't stress enough. When you awaken one, it's like the hive mentality. It's like the Borg. Boom. Now the next entity you come in contact with, they'll know exactly who you are. They'll know your name. They'll know your weaknesses. They'll know everything about you. So it's it's kind of like uh, pick your poison. Right, right. Well, now let me ask you too. Um, through your research of, of, of obviously being a demonologist, I've, I've always heard that there is somewhat of a hierarchy of, of, of demons and each one is a specific thing. Like you have uh ball and Zozo and stuff like that. Like, do they all have unique names like that? Or is that a different sect of, of so it's a different sect? Okay. So in antiquity, they used to characterize spirits the following way. They're all of the same substance, but they're not all of the same status. Okay. Really fascinating. What do you mean substance, right? Is you know, tangibility to it? Or, right. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so so you will have entities that are stronger than others, but I, that, that could be chalked up to the fact that they're more evolved or they died. I'm going to throw this at you real quick. They died a long time ago, whereas one person died a year ago. This has been alive for a thousand years or at least disembodied. And so it's learned more about the rules of the afterlife. And so now when we go and encounter that entity, it knows which lever to pull. It knows what it can do and what it can't. Versus the other one who's recently passed, it's still learning the machinations, right, of the afterlife. Mm. So all of the same substance of spirit, but not all of the same status, right? Very unique take on it that's um, it's very ancient as well. So I kind of like that perception of it, perspective, rather. Now, and, and we'll get towards the end of the show here. Um, it is there I, I know you said last time with some of the research not a whole lot you can do about some things right. some entities right you you were telling a story of a um a woman i think it was a woman who who was reciting the lord's prayer, red letter prayer yeah i had to stop researching at that point and yeah, you, you mentioned it on your story, and I was like, we had, we had yeah. to, yeah, we messaged you on the side, like, hey, bro, you fucking good, or what? you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was bad. But how they would stop, like, oh, don't care what you're saying there, bud. And so, it, has it gotten better, it, or did well, you continue researching that? Or yeah, uh, for those who, because they're going to be watching or listening. And uh, for those who don't know what, I'm, what you're referring to, I'll kind of give a, some background to it. Please do. Please um, do. I think it was about two years ago now where I was deep into research. And believe it or not, it does affect me. This does not come without a price. So I was researching the UFO abduction phenomenon. And uh, you know, here's why I was researching that aspect of it. Because I was getting inundated with people like, I said the name of Keyboard warriors. Right? And my experience is valid. And... And then here's what I heard, which is even, it's very disgusting to me. It's disgusting. Where um, if they called on Jesus and it didn't work, it's because they suck. <laughs> Essentially, right? Oh, well, they didn't have enough faith. Or, you know, they they, they, they must have been an adulterer. That's you know, fucked. They, 
it's ridiculous, Jeez. right? They, so they have to start, you know, measuring this other person's version of, of Christianity because it didn't work for them. Ludicrous, ludicrous. And so I, I wanted to know, at least get a better grasp on a, a, an answer I could possibly give. Um, and I came across a case study of a woman who had been abducted since her, her youth. And so she had pretty much, she kind of diagnosed the very onset of an abduction. You know, this is what it feels like to me. The room gets heavy, the, the energy fills the room, hair stands on the back of my neck. I feel kind of separated from my own body and then going back and forth and it's weird. And she said, and that occurred. And she said, so she starts freaking out. She opens up the Bible and starts reading the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And she's gone. Right. And she said, though, her last memory was uttering the words and her eyes rolling back in her head. Undertaker stuff. Yeah. And I checked out. I checked out. I was like, dude, I told my dad. I'm like, I'm, I just bought a ticket to Rhode Island. Uh, I need to go. Yeah. You know, I got to check out. So I went down there and visited my friends, Chris and Kristen, and I did a show with them. And so that's why I did that. So, so I had a case where a lady called on Jesus. And in the middle of an abduction, Jesus held his hand out and said, all seed is mine. Sounds like an incubus. Right, he's a progenitor of seed, in other words, semen. And so, so she says, Okay, and she said, Then she had six miscarriages. Holy Christ! Right, but it, now, what's so fascinating is the Jesus that manifested to her uh, was not the olive skinned rabbi from you know Nazareth, it was it was the Swedish Presbyterian, as Brad Scott would say, a, a linguist. Right. It, it had nothing to do with the historical record. It had everything to do with what her imagination would create Jesus to be. What is what would you what, what do you think Jesus was? Oh, this is what he looked like. So it manifested as that version. Wow. Now this gets deeper too, which I'm gonna talk about this next week on my show. Wait, you have um, a show? Yeah. You know oh, dude, we no no no. We gotta talk about that before we wrap the show. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Um where where this comes from let me write let me read this because i had some notes we had to cancel my show last night because the internet connection but his name is dr balan balan jalal balan jalal from cambridge university he's talking about sleep paralysis and he says that uh, in the middle of the dream state when your body is in the middle of rem <clears throat> and wakefulness you become paralyzed and he said at that point this is I think this ties into to what we're talking about. He said, at that point, your body, you, yourself, tell your body to move and it doesn't. And so then what you start having is body dysmorphia. And so you and your mind, you create an image of yourself. Oh, according my God. to what this is mind blowing, bro. And according to what you think you look like, then you manifest. And that's your interaction. And so people call that OBEs, NDEs, and all that. And so what I'm thinking here, again, is what that entity did is I want, literally hacking the mind, I want you to project me. What do you think Jesus looks like? And then it becomes Jesus to her. That's why it was not according to the historical record. It was according to, right, what, what would you prefer me to be? 
And that's why they're, oh man, I got chills. That's why they're missing pieces to its existence. It's not historical, but it is according to her imagination of what Jesus would be. Oh my goodness. So that's what I mean. The implications for us as a species here, it's astounding. Absolutely astounding. What's so fascinating about that to me is when I, I, and I remember this distinctly, (laughs) when I was a kid, um, myself and my cousin, my cousin was way worse than I was. We used to sleepwalk mm-hmm. a lot. I don't know why I will, will always remember this. Maybe it's because it was, it was a unique moment. It was kind of funny. So mm-hmm. I grew up in San Bernardino and we had a house on 35th street off of Waterman, sure. very hood area. Now mm-hmm. they don't, my, obviously my parents moved away years ago, but I remember walking into the back room. Um, it was the office at the time after my brother went to the Navy mm-hmm. and my mom had the, the, my mom and dad had a computer desk and computer trash bin, all that. I used to sleepwalk. Well, mm-hmm. I don't remember walking in, but I used to, I would sleepwalk to do different things, but I, I was sleepwalking. I walked in to their office and I started pissing in their trash can mm-hmm. and then I woke up, but I remember the whole thing. I don't mm-hmm. remember walking there. Right. Now, as I got older, I just stopped. But I also have the ability now, like I can fall asleep anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like sleep is my thing. But I also don't remember, like the last time I had a dream, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. The only time I ever dream real hard is if I have Benadryl. Like, and I got some fucked up dreams. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, My cousin was worse. My cousin would unlock the door, walk down the street. Mm-hmm. Is that an aspect of the in between the the REM and, and yes, yeah, it is an aspect of it. And I'm going to give you a story here that uh, is probably going to be equally as troubling of what we what we've already talked about. Oh, perfect, um, great. I think dreams are portals. Uh, I'll say this: years ago, uh, when I was with my ex, I got off work on a Friday night. I get home and I, I crack a beer open, hop in a shower, which cold beer, hot shower. Bro. Dude, Underrated. life changing. Underrated, life changing. Bro. If you've never drank a beer in the shower, do yeah. it. It's a it's a, a euphoric experience. Oh man, it's a game changer. So you know, I so I drank one beer and I, I'm you know fresh and clean, dude. I hop in bed and she's already sleeping. So I'm like, all right, fine. I, I instantly go to sleep, and I know at that point in my life I wasn't in this field and I was working full time job, like I said. Uh, but I knew enough about what I experienced in my youth. I knew what a, an attack was, a spiritual attack. I knew the difference was just, you know, I, I ate some bad Taco Bell or I fell asleep watching the X-Files. <laughs> right, right, right. That and a, the Twilight Zone, fuck me up. Yeah, yeah. I knew the difference between something like that and actually, you know, experiencing a full-on spiritual attack. I'm in the dream, and in this dream, there is this female shadow figure that is straddling me okay right and was it wasn't thick, one of those though? was she thick sh- you know what <laughs> right mean? was she stacked yeah, dude. i could okay. yeah man <laughs> bring in levity i'm bringing levity oh right. i know i know dude if we're not gonna laugh we're gonna cry right um so yeah so so it was i say it like this if you were to take my ex put her in a room turn the lights off when your eyes adjusted you know, you would see her, you wouldn't see features, but you would see her frame. You would see her where her hair ended, right, on the back. 
Okay. That's what it looked like. And so this entity was on top of me, straddled me in, you know, a pretty intimate way. And in this dream, I'm trying to get her off of me. Okay. Okay. And it was it was a war. And there was a presence about her too. A little jujitsu going on right now. Very weird stuff. Now, yeah, strange, strange. And so I taught myself a coping mechanism as a kid, because I had the same nightmare as a kid. Not not as this one, but Whatever. Okay. Different okay. nightmare, but it was happening a lot. And I, I taught myself there was a way to kind of open the door and wake yourself up. Okay. And I just imagine Christmas or try to, you know, if you have enough consciousness, you think about something else. I did everything I could. And finally, I found the door handle and unlocked it. Now I'm awake. Now my eyes are adjusting to the darkness. And to my astonishment, it's still on top of me. Oh my God. It's still there. And I'm looking at it, and then it leans in and looks at me, and I'm freaking out. And I'm slamming my hands, and I'm saying, Ellie, Ellie, I'm hitting her, and is this you? That's what I kept saying. Is this you? Is this you? And uh, then one leg goes over, just like a normal situation. One leg goes over, and she turns her head, and then just fades. Then my ex leans up and goes, "What? what's going on? What's going on? I said, so that wasn't you? No, what are you talking about? So it entered either, uh, this is again, this is a UFO abduction phenomenon in a way because it entered through the dream state and manifested in tangibly. this dimension, tangibly. And so, so again, dreams are a portal. And I believe 100%, that's why in many cases, if not most, they put people into dream states. Let me ask you this, because I have I, I have two questions for you, and then we'll talk about your show, and we'll talk about you both when we get towards yeah. the end here. Okay. Let me ask you this. Now, if that's tr- – let's just say that's true. Let's say that the dream state is a portal to that dimension for them and for us, right? They obviously have a little bit more control of that situation because they exist in it. We're like – apprentices when we walk in you know what i mean we don't know where right do you think psychedelics is a tangible asset to that realm i think it can be my mind goes back to a book by a brahmin the mage and uh, it was about how brahmin went all across the world trying to study from the world's leading exorcists magicians magi sorcerers whatever ninjas yeah dude (laughs) and (laughs) he uh he came across a lady who you know it was literally word of mouth like he would go visit one guy and say okay who do you know that's really powerful oh i know this chick so he'd go study with her for years and then you know um and so he tells a story about how he met a lady who said that she could fly no you could take this however you want to it's very unique and he goes, okay, and so show me how you can fly. And so, well, she goes, okay, I want you to take this 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 potion. And then I put on and, R. Kelly, and then I just, yeah. I believe, I believe and then I'm, I and can then fly. And then I'm yeah, up right. there, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, and so he he took the potion, and for sure, he felt it, he left his body and everything. He encountered beings, and they gave him instructions, and he came back to his body, and he's like, man, he goes, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never flown in my life. 
Now, I'm going to make a point before the end of the show, and it's going to be very oh, fascinating, I think. Okay. And so he thought he flew, but he – okay, so he flew and he get, gets back to his body. Anyway, so he says, okay, I want you to do it. I want you to show me how you can fly. She goes, okay. She just gobbles down a bunch of the potion. And then she she's flying and everything, and then she gets back to her body, and she goes – did you see me fly a Bromelin? And to his amazement, or to her amazement, he says, no, I didn't. You never left. Oh, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Your body stayed here the entire time. And what he realized, right, was that there are certain potions that have the ability to separate the soul from the body. And, the, and that soul that's out of the body is experiencing everything as if it's in the body. You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. And so there are people in the UFO abduction phenomenon who are thinking they're experiencing everything in the body. I'm flying. Right? You're following me? Mm. I'm experiencing this. And at the end, this is beyond, and beyond UFOs. And at the end of the day, they use the term, and then I became physical again. What? Okay. So, I do, yeah, okay, good. I, I just want to say this. In this story, when she asked him, did you see me fly? And he was like, no, your body never left. Right. Is the suggestion there that she never saw him fly, but he was, fl his soul. His soul was flying. Absolutely. <laughs> now this gets even deeper. Because when we're, when we're getting into the UFO abduction phenomenon, there's a ton of cases where the experiencer themselves were pulled out of their body and they were being taught how to fly the ship. Think about that. People in the field, they just kind of get over, they move over that and they come, yeah, 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 focus yeah. on that for a fleeting moment. They're teaching souls how to fly their ships. Betty Luca, but Bob Luca rolls over one night to witness some kind of noise in the room, or, or, or rolling or whatever, whirling, and her apparition leaves with them. And she's being told everything in the abduction, and then she gets back into her body. So uh, it's the same phenomenon in the sense that, uh, what I'm trying to say is that there are people that like a Brahmin the mage, like the, the the lady that was working with him, did you see me fly? No, because it was not your body; it was your soul. This gets back into soul hunters, uh, where Betty Luca, according to her testimony, they set her soul down on a chair that was tailored according to the measurement of her apparition. Think about that. Weird as hell. And if you remember when you were on the show last time mm -hmm. and, and you told this very story of mm -hmm. Betty Luca and I said, and I told you that time I was at Sam Tripoli show in Dallas yes. yeah. and that woman told a very similar story. And at the time I'm listening to this, I'm like, this bitch is retarded. And then you say, and I'm like, that's exactly what she was describing had happened to her basically right. her whole life. Yep. There's Holy a prominent cow. researcher that I'm good friends with and he's highly underrated, highly underrated. As a child, he was being visited by these beings, and he was constantly sick, chronically ill. And he said one night, he remembers 
being pulled out of his body as a child, people, this is, this is the biggest threat we've ever faced as a species. He said they pulled him out of his body and he's looking down at his own body mm -hmm. when something possessed his body and began to look around the room. Yeah. He said, I was out of my body and then something was in my body. I'm looking down at my body. And then he said that being that was in my body is looking around and it begins to chirp and mutter. <laughs> looking around. So they, they have the ability through either te techno technomancy, uh, whatever we want to call it, uh, but they have the access to the, the soul. Yeah, and this gets back to the missing. We're circling back to the missing four one one phenomenon. Missing four one one, right? How they're hatching consciousness through the womb. Everything it does point to the fact that it's been the soul they've always been after. Wow, this is terrifying. Um, <laughs> okay, two questions for you, and then we'll yep. talk about your 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 book and your show. Okay. And and this first one, and don't feel like you have to ask, like answer this question if you don't want to, if it's too personal. That's cool. Do you still encounter attacks? Or yeah. Are they periodical, um, cyclical? Uh, can you can you kind of feel when one's coming on? And 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 what do you what do you what do you do? What I do is I just disconnect. I smoke cigars. I watch Frasier. I watch Seinfeld. Uh, even Scooby-Doo, old school Scooby-Doo. I, yeah. I kind of reconnect to my childhood. and I do that a lot. Yeah, man. To do, do just kind lot. of, it's like a mental, mental shower where I cleanse myself from anything that remotely reminds me of my work. And yet at the same time, you know, I'll have people that reach out to me and uh, they'll say, you know, I have a problem. It's, and honestly, a lot of people reach out to me and I don't have either the energy or the time to take on cases. I will, I will share something with you guys. It's a little update that is unique, very unique. Uh, from time to time, I deal with people who have sleep paralysis. I'm going to say this on my show next week. Uh, and, and a lot of times, the, the entity they're encountering in their dream state is veiling itself in the dream state, right? So that when you wake up, you won't remember who it is. It shuts down the memory access. So, you know, it, it was just a dream. I don't remember who it was, but you were fighting like hell when you were in the dream, right? It was attacking you. And so it'll use the dream state to hide its real wow. identity. So from time to time, I employ a ritual, not even a ritual, kind of a process of identification. And I did this with a woman recently, and I, I did this with a man about a year ago. When the individual is asleep, and they're fighting the entity, I tell them to download an app to record themselves. This last case I had, the woman was screaming, bloody murder, waking her family up, and she couldn't, what, you know, what the hell's going on here? I told her to do the same thing. Record what you're saying, right? And so what they're doing, again, these beings will trap people in a dream state, attack them in a dream state, and, and then kind of like, you know, you'll never remember me anyway, so it's not a big deal. But during the dream, a lot of these people will have auditory references of who these beings are. And so uh, my second to the last case with this occurred, we called a name. I'm not gonna tell you the name because I don't wanna mention it. We called a name sure, of sure. the entity. And once the man uttered it, then he realized outside of the dream, this is incredible, 
that it had been the same idiot that was attacking him as a kid. It just manifested differently. Give me a high five, dude. Boom, baby. And once we had the identity, it was a game changer. Isn't that incredible? No. That's that's how our team. Yeah, yeah, it's scary as hell. But that's how, how manipulative they are. Different manifestations, same name. And so that individual called his name out on the record. And then when they woke up having no memory of a dream, bam, we have we have the auditory manifestation. Uh, that's almost it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, what was it uh, with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind. Yep, I haven't watched that in years. I gotta watch it again though. How <clears throat> he has those two entities that are always visiting him. One from the CIA. One's a little girl. Mm-hmm. And then he finally realizes that they're not real because they not they never age. Same entity right. that was visiting him years before. Same ones now, but they never adapted to change in our world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps that's a glimpse of of early tactics that they, you know, may be using and saying, "Oh, okay, he recognizes us as not being real now because we didn't right. adapt to what human beings do. Right. They age. Right. They they their hair gets different. Their face gets different. Mm-hmm. Um, super interesting stuff. Now, let me ask you this final question." Um, uh, would it be safe to say that you're a religious man? I don't, I don't want to categorize you incorrectly, but spiritual. I mean, I do have some religious aspects to me. Yeah, you know, certain I, beliefs. But yeah. okay, I would say you believe in in, in a higher being. What I'm saying, yes. creator. Okay, um, so there's a there's an interesting uh, conversation being had in a lot of conspiracy realms right now mm-hmm. that, um, the God of the Bible is perhaps actually Satan. And that Jesus is not a person, more or less a representation of what's happening in the sky. And the Bible is not literal. It's more allegorical of, of the, the yes. sky map. Um, you're probably familiar with this one or you maybe at least heard it. Uh, what would be your take on that argument if you have one? I think it's biblically illiterate. Uh, and let's be very blunt. I think it's uh, people who are who know a little bit enough to be dangerous. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, you can really understand the level of scholarship when they get words wrong. You know what I mean? They'll twist things. And so look at the words. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. The sun is the sun because they rhyme. Right. Sometimes that's literally the, the, the depth of a lot of these teachings. It's like, what the, I, I, I witnessed it. You know, this word sounds a lot like this word. Therefore they're the same. Right. And that's not a good way to research. If I research that, I, 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 no. So, no. Um, yeah, we have secular historians. Yeshua, not Jesus. He was he was an authentic man. He was a man. Um, the oldest religions talk about that. You know, Josephus, a secular historian, talks about him being a literal person. Uh, in Yahweh's, not the devil. What what happens is you have um, pseudo linguists who really have no good grasp on, you know, the nature of language. language. And so, you know, they, they kind of stumble over themselves to, to fit a narrative. Uh, and I've seen that. Like I said, you know, son of son, they rhyme, therefore they're the same. And, and, and I'll tell you what, that's not to say that there are not pagan interpretations of him, mm-hmm. right? Or especially within Christianity. You know what I mean? Sunday, why they worship the sun. That's the sun. That's the day of the sun. They worship, you know, all that. And so it's not Saturday. That's the original Sabbath. They changed it to Sunday because that was their God. So I understand all that, the the pagan ancestry of certain dogmas, but that's not to say Yeshua didn't exist. 
right? It's not to say that, you know, Yahweh, Yahweh's the devil, you know, it's, it's yeah. a little bit, but that, that's my stance on it. And I, I have good sure. friends that believe all that. And I'm, I have the ability, and I'm sure you do too, to, you know, have a beer with the guy and say, you know what, we disagree on that issue. Let's right. go focus on what we do agree on, right? Let's build a relationship that way. Yeah, because I don't think uh, believing in one way or the other, right? Yeah. makes you a bad person at the end, right? You, right. you know, I, I don't think that is uh, something that defines us as as human beings and in, in what we believe, you know. I'm, mm -hmm. uh, I know plenty of people that, that are not religious or atheists or whatever. I'm like, that means it doesn't mean I hang out with you. And I think there's too many people like that in the dogmatic aspect of, of all religions, not just Christianity, right. but, you know. Um, you know, I, especially growing up in the church, I knew a lot of people that like, Oh, there's this awesome Christian movie coming out. I get to, I'm, I'm going to go watch it. I'm like, that's great. But please tell me you watch other movies too. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that there's nothing, you're not going to hell because you watched a rated R movie or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I, not to interrupt you, I, I know like, no, I, no. I've, I witnessed that in, in evangelical movement, you know, like when the movie Noah came out, they had a problem with the watchers and it turns out they just didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Like they yeah. literally were just illiterate concerning ancient text and whatever. So, you know, again, it's like Christopher Hitchens said, um, Hitchens said, you know, a lot of people will compare themselves according to the lowest common denominator. In other words, this is what we have the least in common. I hate you get out of my life. Instead of saying, okay, instead of building walls, I want to build a bridge. What can we really work on together? that we agree on. Uh, and that's what I've been able to do with people because I find more often than not, if you do that, not only will you strengthen the friendship, but you possibly can use that other intellect, right? As a mirror. Am I wrong? Correct. Not at all. You know, not right? at all. You know, and that, that's, that's a, a valuable asset to have as a researcher. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we run into it all the time, you know, especially with different topics that we do. Uh, a big one is flat earth. You know what I mean? Like if someone right. believes that the, the, the earth is a spinning ball, I don't hate you because if right. I were to ask you, Hey, what's your take on nine 11? You're like, Oh, inside job, dude, we're, we're on the same page, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we're in the same world just because you don't believe exactly what I do. And to be honest, I don't even know anymore. You know, the, the more right. research we do on different topics, I'm like, I don't know shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> barely scratching the surface here. You know what I mean? But we're, we're after <laughs> that 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 truth we're, we're seeking the, the the right asking the right questions you know and i think that's a lot of what you do with your your um, right. research as well is 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 let's find the bridge let's not right. build a wall let's find the bridge right you know and i think that what the phenomenon has done if anything it's um excuse me it's it's heavily influenced our willingness our our the the human nature the human desire to build a wall Right where where we we've painted God in this corner and painted aliens in this corner and demons in this corner, and if anything, I mean they've taught us that they're playing by different roles. They're not doing that. Yeah, what absolutely. they're doing though, especially in the field, is saying that if a female victim of an incubus spirit will not never have a conversation with a female victim of an alien, even though they were both impregnated, even though it manifested the same entity, same sexual pathology, same victimology, but if they never talk to each other. We'll never get to the bottom of the phenomenon. Mm -hmm. That's how they manipulate us. Mm -hmm. You have your conference and I'll have mine instead of <laughs> saying, hey, listen, you know, if we're not all at the table, we're all going to be on the menu one day. Oh, boy. Wow. 
What a what a powerful sentence to end on. Holy cow. Nathaniel, dude, this has been awesome. Third time coming on the show, yeah, blowing minds. Uh, you had my heart racing a little bit higher than I like to keep it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, where they can support you, talk about your show. Yeah, uh, that show's amazing. ETA on a book? Yep, uh, it's going to be done here in about two weeks. Okay. I say that for sure. Like, not, yeah. And it's going to be explosive. Um, like I said, you know. There's some shows that won't have me on because of how dark my work is, but I don't really care. It's got to be out. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a game changer, I think, for ufology, too. Uh, I know what Strange Recon is like, dude. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, my show, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's called The Ghost Notes. Ghost Notes. I used notes. to be a drummer, and so, hey, The Ghost Notes. Hell yeah. Um, so it's every, like I said, it's Leap Project, every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard and i'm usually on there for about an hour an hour and a half and then later on that diner maybe next week it'll be on the youtube channel only project that's how you can find me you can find me on my youtube channel i try to be on and try to update as much as i can sometimes i don't so bear with me i'm on social media except twitter uh so that's where i'm at man so thank thank you again for having me on man i'm really excited and uh it's been an honor Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, where can where can people listen? To, is it is it a live show? Is it on yes. Spotify or or what is it on? It's just on it's just on the Leak Project channel. He has his Leak own channel. Project channel. Okay. Yep, it's Leak. So you could just just look up Leak Project, go to his channel on or his website, and it'll say on oh, my little slot. You can look it up, Nathaniel Gillis, the Ghost Notes, and click on it, and you'll hear me live. Or awesome. probably I think you, I, you could probably watch me too. So I think it's a lot like this. Awesome, awesome, man! Thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. We'll we'll for sure do this again. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a live ghost hunt or something like that. I don't know. I don't. I gotta. I'll be down. Gotta I'll talk to down. the wife. I don't know. I gotta take out a life insurance policy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, we'll definitely do it again. But that's it for this episode of Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy with special guests for the Halloween holiday, uh, Nathaniel Gillis, demonologist. So we will see you guys on the next one. Take care. Until then, bye bye.